Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. You have entered Back From The Borderline, where we walk willingly into the darkness within our minds and return home to ourselves transformed. I'm your host, Molly. I spent most of my life numbing the pain and emptiness inside me, unaware that my self-sabotaging behaviors and thoughts were destroying my ability to connect with myself and other people. One day, I decided I was sick enough of my own bullshit to hear life calling, telling me it was time for a change, and I decided to answer that call. On this podcast, we'll learn that when we see ourselves as the hero of our own journey, it gives us the best chance at finding our inner truth and integrity. Together, We'll learn to hold complex feelings, expand our consciousness and self-awareness while making meaning of our suffering. Are you ready to find out who you are underneath the weight of everything that's been keeping you stuck? If the answer is yes, follow me down the rabbit hole of psychological and spiritual growth. I'm so glad you're here. And with that, let's dive straight in to the episode. Welcome everyone back to the podcast. I'm your host Molly and this is another episode of Back from the Borderline. I hope each of you is having a good week so far, whether you're having a really downtime with your BPD or whether you're having a great week. I'm happy that you tuned in and that you're here with me because I look forward to this every week and I wanted to take the time to read a new review that came in on the podcast. And this one is from Bay's Bowl Forever. That's the username on Apple Podcast. And the subject line is the therapy I didn't know I needed. By the way, I'm not a therapist. I don't claim to be, but I'm glad that you're finding my message to be therapeutic. The Author of this review gave the podcast five stars. Thank you very much. And the review says, first off, I don't even use Apple podcasts. I listen solely on Spotify and I downloaded this app solely to be able to write this review and tell you all how much this podcast has changed me. That is the kind of fucking (laughs) determination I love to see. Thank you so much for like diverting from your normal platform of leisure, which is Spotify and literally coming over to Apple and being like, I'm going to make my say about this. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. So they continue to say, being able to listen to someone who speaks to us as if we are both having this conversation together, listening to these stories and experiences that sound so much like my own has been more therapeutic than anything I've tried on my own. Here is someone who not only knows and understands BPD in and out, but who wants to help us find our light at the end of the tunnel. Molly's words are wisdom, and when listening to this podcast, I feel that I'm at the table with friends, 
finally able to share stories that I previously felt either too ashamed or too confused by to put into words before. Well, thank you so much. You amazing list, amazing. <laughs> That's a word now. You amazing listener out there. I can't thank you enough for that incredibly heartfelt review. So without further ado, let's get into the topic that we are meant to discuss on today's episode, which is impulsivity. Impulsivity has affected my life so, so much. I have a very impulsive form of BPD, I would say. Um, Some people don't struggle with impulsivity. I put a poll up on Instagram about an hour and a half ago, and it is looking like the majority of people with BPD that follow me on the Instagram are voting yes, they struggle with impulsivity, but you know, about 17% of those voters are saying that they've never been impulsive. So it's important to note that, again, as we always do, that BPD expresses itself on a spectrum. Not a single person on this planet Earth experiences borderline personality disorder in the same way. So I think that's an important preface thing to preface that with. I think that's the correct grammar. So impulsivity in BPD has been defined as a rapid and unplanned action. However, a preference for immediate gratification and discounting of longer-term rewards is probably a better way to describe the impulsive behaviors that people with BPD use to regulate their emotional distress. There is an old saying that goes, you know, good things come to those who wait. (laughs) I remember hearing things like that before my BPD diagnosis and when I was younger, quite frankly, and I used to roll my eyes so hard when people would say, have you thought about that? What are the consequences of your actions? (laughs) Right. But now I realize that much of my disdain for patience and planning was actually my BPD talking and not my higher self. For me, impulsivity was experienced as I need to do this right now. Like, If I wanted to get a tattoo, if I wanted to get a piercing, if I wanted to dye my hair, if I wanted to move cities, if I wanted to go on a date, if I wanted to have sex with someone, the decision to buy a a piece of clothing, I don't know, but it needed to happen right then and there, right then and there to break up with someone. I need to break up with them or we're staying together. There's no in between, right? The splitting stuff kind of starts to come up here. Impulsivity is a core feature of BPD, and the most up-to-date research, as we know, proposes that BPD develops due to a complex interplay of genetics, increased affective sensitivity and reactivity, and stressful life events. The idea is that these factors prevent those of us with BPD from developing healthy emotional coping mechanisms, which results in a severe form of emotional dysregulation. So let's unpack that a little bit. What that's saying is that BPD is develops in, because of a complex variety, pick and mix bag of factors. As I said before, no one can really pin down an each individual person, how that person developed BPD. It is a mix of different factors at play. But the idea is that all of these things that had us develop BPD 
stopped us from learning healthy ways to deal with our emotions. And so impulsive behavior is essentially just a really intense method that we've created to soothe our emotions. Our impulsive behaviors are actually just a way that we're using to push these things down. So for example, I'm feeling stressed. I'm going to go on a shopping spree, right? Like I need to just go shopping. And sometimes we just don't even know that that's happening, but that is an impulsive behavior. I need, oop, feeling stressed. I need to go do something. Our difficulty regulating our emotions is actually what leads us to our increased use of impulsive coping strategies. Usually without even being conscious of it, we're using these impulsive behaviors to help self-soothe. And another word for self-soothing is down-regulating our emotions and then further repressing our deep feelings of shame and self-hatred. So a lot of these emotions at the core of them, remember how we talked about the iceberg? Might just be stress at work, a fight with our boyfriend, but below the surface, underneath the water, the lower part of that iceberg is deep, deep shame, deep self-hatred that comes from our childhoods way before these stressful events, but they're bubbling up and we use our impulsive behaviors to push those emotions down. What we want to make clear here is that for people with BPD, this impulsivity usually occurs in response to the stress and negative emotions we've taught ourselves to avoid in childhood and that all of this happens without us even knowing. It's like when you're driving and you realize, how the fuck did I even get home? Like, it's almost like you were driving and you got lost in thought and you have that mini panic attack where you're like, oh my God, how did I just knock into a wreck? I was not paying attention. You're subconscious, you're, you're driving, your body knows how to do that. It's the same thing with these impulsive behaviors. These kind of, these behaviors, it's not like we're thinking, oh, I'm feeling stressed, so I'm going to go shopping to downregulate and self-soothe in a negative coping strategy. <laughs> No, we just go on autopilot and we resort to these impulsive behaviors that are unique to us. For some people, it might be gambling. For some people, it might be shoplifting or stealing. For some people, it might be sexual behaviors, drug addictions, gambling addictions, changing our hair color, quitting our job, cutting off friends, mass unfriending people on social media and friending them again, that type of thing or a following. Did I just say friending? I'm really dating myself here. Wow. (laughs) So this is how our BPD brains typically work. This is what our BPD brain is telling you, right? Imagine your BPD as a character. You don't like the way you're feeling? Great. The fastest way to change that is do something else as quickly as possible. Hurry up. Do it right now. Please, please, please. This feeling just hurts too much. Hurry up. We need to get rid of these feelings. Hurry, get rid of them, right? These are, that's the inner critic. That's our BPD talking. That's how we recognize when a behavior is probably impulsive. It's something we're feeling the urge to do right now. We need to do it right now. And if we don't, X serious thing will happen or we won't be okay if we don't do X behavior. Regardless of the specific impulsive act, whatever this behavior is, it's generally indicative of an inability to self-soothe 
It's an attempt to create a distraction from those underlying emotional issues. So you may be thinking, what are some examples of impulsive behaviors experienced by someone with BPD? As I said before, runs the gamut. A few of the most popular, or I would say frequently occurring, or I would maybe actually even say most referenced in the general BPD research world, A, promiscuity. I hate the word promiscuous. I really hate it. I prefer instead to refer to this behavior as sex as self-harm. Sex is amazing. It can be so such a positive force in our lives. It can be something that brings us closer to people in a healthy way. But the problem is for some of us with BPD, we can use sex as a way to fill these emotional holes that we feel to close the gaps, to fix ourselves. It's an impulsive behavior that we can act upon to push these feelings down. And you know in your gut whether or not the relationship you have with sex and intimacy is healthy or unhealthy. I think I need to be careful because quite a lot of people are shamed in our society for normal, healthy sexual behavior. For example, people who are gay being shamed for having same-sex intimacy, right? That is not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about regardless of your sexual identity or gender identity, this is sex that is had when you barely know the person, when you could potentially be in dangerous situations, when you are so out of it and high on whatever substance that may be, that you can't make sound judgments. That's what I'm talking about here. You know in your gut whether or not that is your experience of sex. And if this is resonating for you, it's probably time to look at sex as an impulsive behavior for you. Another example of impulsive behaviors is substance abuse, right? And that can be a serious drug user, you know, someone who is strung out all night, all day on heroin or on meth living on the streets. That could be having living in California and having access to a vape or edibles and literally just going and getting stoned every time you feel stressed. That's an impulsive behavior or having a glass of wine every night because you feel like that's the only way that you can feel calm when big feelings start to bubble up for me when I would be alone a lot of times when I was living alone. And even now still, night times for me is when my anxiety hits, when my existential thoughts kind of start to creep in and my knee-jerk reaction is to reach for weed or wine or something like that. So it doesn't have to be that someone is not functional because they're like pouring vodka into their water bottle. These are more, you know socially acceptable behaviors, but you know whether or not you're using these behaviors to push feelings down. Another example of impulsive behavior is outbursts of rage. For me, that would look like, you know, jumping down someone's throat for no reason, just because I was feeling stressed that morning and really just taking my anger out on Um, usually the people closest to me, I would put on a happy face for people at work, but my partner, my parent, my siblings, they would usually get the brunt of it. And that's usually the trend, um, for people with BPD. Unfortunately, we save our 
most vicious outbursts for the people that are closest to us because we've tried and tested them to where they won't, usually probably are less likely to run away from us. Another impulsive behavior is shoplifting. I struggled so much with this growing up. I compulsively stole things from people's houses that I babysat for. I uh, stole things from stores. This started in my adolescence. I would say it started with stealing things from people's houses, just little things, little trinkets, things that I did not need, but it was this impulse And it just escalated and escalated until I was actually caught at a store for this. And I know if I were not a white, you know, attractive female, I would have probably been thrown in jail. But because of my privilege that I highly recognize now, I was lucky enough to, I started crying, gave everything back and I had to go to court. But listen, this is... This is the real, real aftershock of impulsive behavior that we don't think about. I was not aware of these things. It was just this compulsive, impulsive feeling. And for those of you who don't have BPD, I need you to understand we aren't aware of it. This in the moment, it's like, it's, I, it is so hard to explain it. Just, we just have to do it. And then afterwards there is always shame, guilt, regret, ruminating, paranoid thoughts, It is so painful. Other examples of impulsive behaviors could be drastic changes to our appearance. I have gotten tattoos from artists who I didn't even research. Since then, I've become a lover of tattoos, and now I research my tattoos a few months in advance. I make sure that it's an artist that I really love their work, and I've seen lots of tattoos that they've done, and I start with a small piece to see how it goes and then gradually increase. But before, fuck it, I'll get a tattoo, whatever. And I ended up having a tattoo done on my chest the day after I saw an ex, regretted that tattoo so much. And I went through months and months and months of painful laser treatments to get that tattoo removed. I've gotten piercings, which have gotten deeply infected and I've had to remove, but then I keep getting them back done again cosmetic procedures. I've gotten my breast implants. I got breast implants when I was 25. I had them removed. I had a nose job. I've gotten multiple injections. My lip injections were so intense at one point that they just looked comical, but I felt these impulse to just keep going, going, going. And eventually that led me, I had large lips to begin with as well, like full gorgeous lips that I got compliments on, but I felt the need to make them more extreme that journey ended in me having to get my lip injections dissolved. When you dissolve your lip injections, you have to get um, hyaluronase or something injected into them. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but it's an acid that they inject into your lips. And that is the most painful experience I've ever gone through. I've drastically, I've grown out my hair, taken years and years to grow it out. And then on an impulse, I cut it off or try cutting it myself. It turns out terribly And then I end up crying and sobbing and then just feeling massive amounts of regret later. Same with hair color. I've bleached my hair and broken it off multiple times. These are just these impulsive urges where we feel like we need to fix ourselves, do something, change ourselves to cover up these emotions, 
these feelings of shame and hatred that we are somehow not enough. Another example of impulsive BPD behavior is drastic life changes. You know, as I discussed in the beginning of this podcast, I made huge, drastic moves to different cities. I've lived in four to five different cities, moved countries, um, changed jobs, dropped entire friend groups, just all on an impulsive feeling that like, I gotta go, I gotta go. This isn't enough. When everywhere you go, no matter where you go is the saying, there you are. And that's what I needed to realize. I kept trying to run away, change my appearance, change friend groups, change partners, change my appearance. Did I already say that? Change cities, (laughs) change, change, change. The thing I was trying to change was me. And what I realized at the end of this is that you can't change who you are. No matter what you do, you will still be you. And if there's a message I want to impart upon all of you listening with BPD, it's that you can't run away from yourself. And the more you try to change yourself and the longer you go without recognizing these damaging patterns, you're going to get yourself into really, really dangerous and life-threatening situations. And for those of you who are parents of people with BPD or loved ones, partners of people with BPD, just know that these behaviors are something that we can't control in the moment. It's like, it's this weird compulsive thing. And as soon as we've done it nine times out of 10, we're feeling extreme guilt. And if it doesn't happen right away, usually there's like a little bit of a high where we're like, yeah, this was a great decision. And it's like, we'll try to justify it to ourselves and others, but behind the scenes, we're going to be going through a lot of shame and regret. So if you're seeing, hearing a partner or a person, you know, with BPD in there, they got a tattoo and they're like, wow, I really like it. Do you like it? I, I really like it. And then you kind of start to see their mental state dissolve over the next few days or I quit my job. I know this was the right decision for me. And you're like, but you don't have another job lined up. Are you sure that was the right decision? And then they go into like a tirade explaining to you why it was the right decision. And then again, you see their mental state deteriorate over the following weeks probably indicative of impulsive behavior. And you can guarantee that these people are going through deep shame. And the last thing that you'd want to do is pile on more shame. In moments like that, what I wish I could have heard from people around me were messages like, I'm here for you. No matter what you need, I'm here for you. How did that make you feel? How are you feeling about that choice? You know, ask questions and listen they're going to figure it out on their own most likely but the last thing you want to do is pile on that guilt and shame because i can guarantee you they're loading that on themselves enough as it is already so what exactly makes a behavior go from nothing to worry about to impulsive when my bpd symptoms were at their worst I was famous for turning many seemingly harmless behaviors into impulsive behaviors. (laughs) So it's pretty important for us to understand what factors are at play when a generally normal, quote unquote, behavior becomes impulsive. The UPPS hyphen P impulsive behavior scale Yes, that's a thing, (laughs) and that's what it's called. It was designed to identify the distinct personality traits that lead to impulsive-type behavior. 
So according to this UPPSP impulsive behavior scale, a behavior becomes impulsive when it meets the below four criteria. So the first criteria is criterium. I'm having a really like serious grammatical crisis on this episode. The first of the four criteria is a lack of premeditation. So this means a person with a lack of premeditation would spend very little or no time weighing the consequences of said impulsive behavior and making accurate plans or taking necessary preliminary precautions. So as I said, with a lot of my impulsive behavior, absolutely it would have fit that criteria. I did not think about the consequences before. That wouldn't even come into my mind. And if someone would ask me to think about the consequences of my actions, they were going to get like either yelled at (laughs) or they were going to get very persuasively argued out of that view by me. The second of the four criteria on the impulsive behavior scale is increased sensation seeking. So this means a general tendency to pursue exciting activities and openness to try potentially dangerous activities. The next criteria is a lack of perseverance. So this means that this person would have an inability to maintain task-related attention and goal-directed behavior in demanding or stressful situations. So in my view, that's kind of just like saying this behavior. For example, if you are at work and you get the impulse to buy, to shop, to go online shopping or to call your boyfriend, say for example, you're like, you're really stressed and you're feeling like he might abandon you and you need to call him. You in the, with this criteria at play, the lack of perseverance, that would mean that you would not be able to maintain your tasks at work. You would not be able to focus on goals that you need to do to focus on for your own self betterment because you need to do that behavior. You, have, you put everything aside for that behavior. A classic interpretation of that would be, you know, an alcoholic or a drug user. Is that like everything's on the back burner. I need to have the drug. But in this instance, in my opinion, truly, that can be sex. That can be anything. You need to get a hit of whatever that impulsive behavior is. And then when you have a lack of perseverance in this impulsive behavior scale, that means that everything else that you should be focusing on is hitting the back burner. The last criteria of the impulsive behavior scale is urgency. So this is the tendency to act without forethought during emotional states. So that looks like I need to do this behavior right now, right? So there's always going to be a sense of urgency. If you really think about it, there's very few things in life that we need to do that need to be done right then. Even at our jobs, half the time, I have to remind myself like, wow, I'm not curing cancer here. I work at a software startup company, right? Nothing is as urgent as it seems. So absolutely things like shopping, having sex with someone, um, deciding to, you know, have whatever it may be. I could fill in impulsive behavior there. There's not a lot of things that need to be done right then and there. So if you're feeling like I have to do this right now, I have to make the appointment for this thing right now, then chances are it's probably an impulsive behavior. So those are things that we should keep in mind and 
scales like this, this UPPSP impulsive behavior scale, it's good that things like this exist because it allows researchers to, you know, provide a framework to conduct research, but it also helps us break things down in a really unemotional way and be able to see like, wow, you know, I mean, if I put a lot of my behavior through those uh, filters, a lot of my behavior could be seen as impulsive. And that is even behaviors that are socially acceptable, right? Normal, quote unquote, behaviors. So as usual, I did the thing where I looked up how impulsive behavior might manifest for people with BPD on the BPD subreddit. And I want to read a few of these responses that I came across because they perfectly encapsulate the spectrum of ways that people with BPD can experience impulsive behavior. All right, so let's dig into these. The first one reads, sure, I'm impulsive in all the stereotypical ways, spending, drugs, sex, self-harm, but I'm also impulsive in so many more covert ways. I overshare without thinking, buy loads of plants even though I don't have the space for them, you know, that kind of thing. I always try to feed and nurture every stray or wild animal I see. I masturbate until my ears pop. I jump to conclusions like nobody's business. I shoplift random things like pencils, playing cards, and miniature figurines or other useless stuff. People don't usually notice when I'm doing impulsive things, and to be honest, neither do I. That is, until shit hits the fan and a string of totally preventable but consistent impulsive choices I made blew up my entire life again. Rinse and repeat. The next one says, Ah, the glorious impulsivity that comes with having BPD. Where do I begin? Just the other day, I posted on this very subreddit about struggling to hold down a job and that I was considering quitting just two weeks in. Spoiler alert, I quit the job yesterday. A totally impulsive decision I made after getting flustered over something that, in retrospect, shouldn't have turned into the huge drama that it did. I don't have a new job lined up, so I'm just riding out my final two weeks and interviewing like crazy to find something else, all while the shame and regret hang on to me like a wet blanket. The thing is, I'm charming and bubbling in interviews, so I usually get the job. Then after I have the job for a small amount of time, I begin to split on it. So then I just stop showing up or I make an excuse for having to quit. I'm just tired. No matter what advice people in my life give me, no matter how they try to encourage me, if I don't like a job or anything else in my life for that matter, I flee. People try to tell me to be more mature until something else comes along, but it feels like I literally can't. Can't is in all capitals. The third one says, I absolutely struggle with impulsive behavior. For me, it's with sex and intimacy. I used to make excuses that I was sexually liberated and that I was just fine with and genuinely loved casual hookups with people I barely knew. I would actively seek out one-night stands with very little regard for the extremely unsafe situations I was putting myself in. One day, after a personal rock bottom, my gut told me, no more. And in that moment, I realized I was using sex as a form of self-harm. My intimate acts came from a place of deep fear and self-hatred. 
After a lot of introspection and therapy, I'm now in a good relationship of about three years with my partner. I want others to know that they're not alone in the impulsiveness and that there's hope. The next one says, my BPD and impulsivity. Where do I begin? Loans, tattoos, quitting jobs after one shift, one pointless purchase after another, stripping rooms of the house with no thought as to what I'll do next, like with paint or wallpaper. I'm the queen of impulsive action with zero afterthought. This last one says, Impulsive behavior is my biggest BPD hurdle. I feel powerless. God forbid I try to have a drink. All it takes is a few glasses of whatever shitty cocktail is being served and I'm having sex with some random person. I'm lucky that I haven't caught an STD or been killed, quite frankly. It's just hard to behave like I love myself because I just don't. So far, it's been an entire month without getting drunk, having sex with some rando, or throwing a tantrum. It's times like these where I finally start to feel like myself, then I'll start to feel myself slipping again. The horrible feelings come back, and then I repeat the cycle. I relate so much with this last story. I have so many funny now potentially in retrospect stories that I can tell about the situations that my impulsive behavior got me into through my the worst of my BPD lifetime I guess and usually I feel like the worst of our BPD behaviors tend to come before we're even aware that we have BPD at least that's the case for me and I have heard that echoed in many other people that I've spoken to But I really got myself into some super dangerous situations. For example, going home with a guy from the club one night in LA. He was a really rich guy. Well, he was throwing money around at the club, clearly. And we got into his car. I knew he was intoxicated, but he had a really nice car. So I just said, fuck it, it'll be fine. His house isn't too far. And he was driving really fast. And in that moment, I knew I was fucked. Like, if we get into a car wreck, I got myself into this car. My gut was telling me so many different points when I engaged with this individual that I should not be alone with this person. Not because they're a bad person, but because clearly they were also engaging in unstable, impulsive behaviors. We got to this guy's apartment, and he opened his trunk to get a bag out to like take up to his apartment and he had like five massive automatic weapons in the back of his car again I chose to just go up to this guy's apartment and still sleep with this person there was coke all over his apartment and it was clear that just this guy was probably mixed up in a really dangerous lifestyle again I'm not judging him I don't know him as a person who knows the circumstances that led him to be in living like that, right? But all I knew is that my decisions put me in a really, 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 really dangerous position that night, and I'm lucky to be alive. And so many of us have experiences like this, and we think nothing of them, but all it takes is just one time for something to go wrong, really, really wrong. And it's my hope that by sharing this, I can stop one person from getting into a potentially really dangerous situation 
So now we move into how do we treat BPD impulsivity? So the research and everything I read stated that effectively treating impulsivity means teaching the person with BPD how to sit with those unwanted feelings and allow those feelings to dissipate naturally without acting out in potentially destructive ways. It's about sitting with our feelings, about tuning into our bodies, being aware, okay, I'm getting anxious. This particular interaction is making me feel abandoned. What can I do to make myself feel less abandoned? It's also about becoming aware for the first time of these cycles and digging into where they came from so that we can teach ourselves new ones. But before we can learn new behaviors, we have to dig in and sit with the ones that are there. We talked about shadow work last episode. These are rejected parts of ourselves that have become moldy and toxic like a sandwich that's stuck under the car seat. They were harmless. They were just a sandwich the first day, but they've been, it's been rotting under there for months. And now we're taking these feelings out and we're like, oh fuck, this is like moldy now, right? You need to address it. You can't just let the thing stink up your car for the rest of forever. You need to take it out, examine it, find the source of the problem and deal with it. We have to do that with our emotions as well. So many people are suffering from BPD and they're not aware that they're stuck in these self-destructive and impulsive shame spiraling groundhog day situations, right? We don't know. And I know it can sound like a cop-out. Whenever people tell me, like I hear about someone doing a really fucked up thing and they're like, they weren't aware of what they were doing. It's so easy to react with just like, whatever. Yes, they knew exactly what they were doing. I think that that's a really easy thing to say, but it's so much more important that we understand that that actually is possible. We can have such repressed, rotten sandwich under the car seat emotions that we react in these explosive, sometimes dangerous ways that we aren't aware of until later. And then we're filled with shame and regret. Dialectical behavior therapy or DBT is now considered one of the most successful therapeutic approaches to BPD. So if you're going the traditional therapy route and you're looking for a therapist and that's something that you have access to, it's a safe first step in your journey. DBT involves one-on-one therapy sessions, group therapy, and teaching four different DBT skills. So the four different skills in DBT are mindfulness, emotion regulation, distress tolerance, and interpersonal effectiveness. All four of these skills can help to treat impulsivity successfully. And if you don't have access to a DBT therapist, like so many of us can't get access to that, it's hard. There is a lack of resources when it comes to people who are trained in DBT. It's actually very expensive for therapists to get certified in DBT. There's a lot of roadblocks there. What can we take from this? Learn all that you can about those DBT skills. I treated myself even before I had access to therapy and I found myself gravitating towards learning more about those things. So here, if you're struggling with BPD and you don't have access immediately to a DBT therapist or any type of professional help, 
Think about this. Start teaching yourself and gaining awareness in these four areas of DBT skills. It's it's research-based and proven by research that if you work on mindfulness, emotion regulation skills, distress tolerance skills, and interpersonal effectiveness skills, you will experience a better quality of life. So you don't have to wait until you have access to a therapist to work on those four different skills. So mindfulness techniques teach people in DBT how to tolerate unpleasant emotions until they pass. We can only act impulsively when we're not thinking clearly, and we can only begin to think clearly when our judgment isn't clouded by emotion. Mindfulness techniques, along with the distress tolerance and emotion regulation skills, teach people with BPD to manage emotional distress instead of acting on it in these potentially destructive, impulsive ways. It should be noted, however, as just a sidebar, that impulsivity is not exclusively associated with BPD. It's just one of the symptoms, and it's associated to many other conditions and personality disorders. I want to end by leaving you with this. There's way too much armchair psychology going on in the world of social media. We tend to over-pathologize, and by that I mean we are so hypercritical now at this point, some of us are of our behavior, that we're hyper judging every single thing we do and trying to fit it into a diagnosis. Not all impulsive behaviors indicate a formal diagnosis of anything. We're all human. Impulsive behaviors happen. The goal here is not perfection. The key is to remember that behaviors become a problem when they negatively affect our close relationships and quality of life. So if you can really sit down and reflect, list some of the behaviors you think might be impulsive coping mechanism type behaviors that you have and ask yourself, do these negatively affect my relationships with other people and my quality of life? And then maybe it's time to reassess, right? Improving our relationships with our emotions, becoming more self-aware, and proper treatment will curb the dangerous impulsive behaviors and result in better emotional stability. And with that, that's all we have for today's episode. As usual, please, if you can, write me a review in Apple Podcasts and give me a rating. It really helps spread the word bump us up there in that Apple podcast algorithm. Maybe I don't even know how the algorithm works anymore. (laughs) Keep sharing the podcast with your friends, your family members, your therapists that really helps and keep your eyes peeled for the Patreon community that's coming through. Please let me know again, message me at BPDT on Instagram. That's BPDTEA on Instagram. Let me know that you heard me talking about this Patreon thing. Let me know if you're going to be joining. I can't wait to put more thought into what I'm going to be offering and then launch this for all of you. But don't worry, I will always continue providing this, these free, freely available podcasts because it's so, so important to me that I offer this. So many of us are struggling 
and don't have access to mental health care. And I am, again, by no means a therapist, by no means qualified in any way to give advice, but I'm hoping that I can be a light at the end of the tunnel, someone to show you that there is hope and to continue urging you to become more self-aware and more reflective of behavior patterns that could be negatively impacting your life and your relationship with the people that you love most. So with that, my friends, have the most amazing day, night, morning, wherever you are. And until next time. All right, you messy, amazing, emotional, fabulous human beings doing this life thing. That is it for today's episode. I want to thank you so much for listening because out of all the millions, billions of podcasts in the world, you chose to listen to mine. And that means a lot to me. And if you listen this far, I know you never want to miss a new episode. So to make sure that doesn't happen, click follow in your podcast player of choice and you will be alerted every time I drop a new one. To help me grow and help the podcast reach as many people as possible, go ahead and leave an honest rating and review. Not only that, I love to hear your feedback, so please share it with me. I read every single review, and you just might hear it read out loud on the podcast. To connect with me directly, follow me on social media and keep up with all the new updates. You can find that all at backfromtheborderline.com. And as always, any articles, resources, or other helpful information you've heard today can be found in the description of this podcast episode. So don't forget to check out the show notes. And until we meet again, remember, life is a circle, a cycle, a process, separation, initiation, return. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.